Welcome to the Coast Down Podcast, presented by Pratt Miller. Pratt Miller, transforming what's possible. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to the Coast Down Podcast. My name is Brad Zimmerman, and I'm here with... Luke Sager. Right on cue. Uh, today is... Uh, geez, what is today? June thirteenth. Uh, June thirteenth, Tuesday. It's a little bit after eleven o'clock. This uh, is the earliest we've the ever done. Earliest we've ever done our That's podcast. Right. This is exciting. Um, uh, pardon my French, but holy shit, uh, we came off a pretty busy weekend uh, for Pratt and Miller in general. Um, and, and just so we're following the protocol of this podcast. Um, Formula One was off, IndyCar was off, NASCAR ran in Sonoma. And they then, did. And then we had the 24-hour Le Mans. Uh, did you watch anything from Sonoma? I watched a little bit as I was eating pizza. Yeah. I watched the first several laps, um, and then I, then I determined it was unwatchable and turned it off. Oh, okay. And uh, just to make sure that I didn't miss anything, I did watch the you know 12-ish minute clip that NASCAR puts out after the fact. They put it on YouTube. Yep. And um, I don't, uh, there's, there's almost literally nothing to report on the race. Yeah. Uh, cars got spread out. They kept track of stage points and stage wins, but they did not throw of yellow so they just kept the race going as as a normal road course would go oh interesting okay and uh denny hamlin he had an an error in i think the last turn coming in to the start finish line and he brushed the wall and you know maybe because the car is still so rigid that brush on the wall on one side threw him off onto the other side and pretty much wrecked himself out of it uh, but if it wasn't for that he he pretty much would have won uh, Martin Trucks Jr. was unconscious, won the race. Um, that's like his, I don't know, third or fourth win at that racetrack. He's pretty unstoppable there. Oh, wow. And um, there just wasn't a whole lot going on. Yeah, I noticed, um, you know, just on TV, you know, looking to see what position who was in, and they have that little bar at the top with, mm-hmm. with that shows the cautions, yep. and they're like no cautions. Yep. Yeah, I don't, you know, um, I, I don't want to <laughs> – I mean, the, the, the small fan base we have now with this podcast, and hopefully we grow it, I don't want to shortchange them, but there there was just nothing, at least from my eyeballs, that was, like, worth talking about. Um, and granted, uh, I was completely wiped out by the time the race started. Yeah, I'll bet. So I wasn't really, like, hopped up to watch more racing. Yeah. But, um, I mean, this might be a big statement, but if they're, if NASCAR as a whole is still looking to continue to uh, morph the schedule um, and they look at taking races and putting them somewhere else taking race dates and putting some, them somewhere else is Sonoma in the crosshairs of losing their race hmm. and I don't I don't know that you base it off of this last race only but um, it is it was visually not well attended hmm. um, usually it is uh, they have, I think they officially seat like 35,000 people, which it doesn't seem like much compared to what NASCAR used to be back in the heyday, but 35 grand in, in grandstands with solid people, that's not bad. No. I think it looks good. Yeah. They had, uh, they usually do a good job with the pre-race. They had a couple F-18s fly over, so that means that it was, you know, it was an event. Yeah. <laughs> 
um, and the weather is always perfect. Uh, and, and as they mentioned uh, during the broadcast, uh, everyone loves going to Sonoma, like driver wise. Oh yeah, all the sponsors I know. Back in the past, we Sonoma was cemented on our schedule for having um, these target race events. Yeah, yeah. I went last year and had a. I really enjoyed it. Had a great time. Yeah, it's yeah. it's hard to have a bad time in that part of the world. Yeah, yeah. It was great. <laughs> Um, and, uh, I don't, I forget the reason why, but they had Jamie McMurray in the booth. Yeah. I, I think he needs to be full time in the booth. Uh, I thought that for a while he's, he's really sharp and quick. Um, and he's, I think he, I don't know if he has time in this new car or not, but, um, I, I don't think, no, he has not. Yeah. So my comment is for something you weren't going to talk much about. You're yeah. talking a lot about it. <laughs> Trying to be thorough here. Okay. <laughs> you are. Um, and uh, so reading, you know, the social media was rearing its ugly head again a little bit. And I guess Mike Joy made some miscomment towards the end when Truex won and people were just jumping all over him. And, oh, wow. And um, like Mike Joy, people don't realize the wealth of knowledge that man is. And if anyone watches the Barrett-Jackson um, auction mm-hmm. uh, in January, he is usually standing on the stage with a microphone and as cars come across... Uh, he rattles off facts, and if you look at it, he is not carrying any notes. Wow. So he is uh, that smart and that um, dialed in with cars, period. Hmm. And he was uh, actually racing one of his old Trans Am cars at Sonoma a few days before the cup race. Wow. Yeah, no, I did not know that. So my my all-star would be Mike Joy, uh, Jamie McMurray, and... um, uh, well, I th- that's enough. How I many- think Kevin Harvick would be. I mean, he's he, Kevin Harvick's going to be there anyway next year. Yeah, but I think that would be a pretty solid lineup mm. um, because you have a you have a current, you have a somewhat current, and then you have a historical reference who is going to be um, the anchor, and then you have the other two guys given color. Yeah, yeah, like a good just general play by play. Yes, announcer. Yep. Yeah. So, um, and he's definitely that. Yeah. Yeah, and and Jamie is uh, very quick wit. Uh, he's really, really funny. Very dry sense of humor, and I think he would uh, go over well. So, that's my take from Sonoma. All right. Do you have any takes from Sonoma or no? I don't. No. Okay. Good. Uh, okay. So this past weekend uh, was the um, the the Centurion. Is that how you pronounce Centennial? it? Centennial. That wasn't. So so the first Le Mans twenty four hours was in nineteen twenty three. And but this was the 91st running of the race, uh, so when you withdraw the war years, that's how we end up where we are now. So uh, they have and not. Did did they miss any in COVID, or did? Mm, I don't think so. No. So it it was the hundredth anniversary of the first race. I guess that's the best way to put it. But it was not the hundredth race. Yes. Um, and either way, they, uh, they, they, the ACO, uh, who is the organizer of the event, they put out that 325,000 people was the uh, attendance for the race, which I completely believe. Um, you know, it's yeah, it looked it looked crazy packed. One lap around there is 8.3 miles. Um, uh, I don't know the percentage of it, but the majority of the track are city streets, and then it, it blends into a couple of areas that are fixed race track areas yep. with rumble strips and safety walls and all that stuff. 
Um, so it's a it's a phenomenal event. Uh, I th- I think it's uh it's my one B. I think the one A is Indy five hundred and it'll mm. always be the Indy five hundred. Mm. This is a is a one B for the biggest race in the world, and everything else after that is a distant second. Yeah. Well, they, those are two. Those definitely are just such special events uh, for for their own reasons, right? Yeah. Um, they're so different, and just yeah, they do stand on yeah. their own. In their own class, for sure. And you look at how many sporting events or just events have lasted over 100 years. Yeah. And you you can probably count them on two hands. Yeah. And I know here in the States, I think the oldest sporting event is still the Kentucky Derby. It's about 145 years-ish. Mm. It's been going. But, um, yeah, I don't uh, – it's not even open for discussion. That's 1A and 1B. And um, – and I know it'll ruffle feathers, but the Daytona 500 is not even in the conversation. Well, that's what I was just thinking. Like, what's third then? And, yeah, it probably would be Daytona 500, but how far behind is it? Far. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a blip on the horizon. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, okay, so we we talked a few days ago that this podcast, uh, the mo- the majority of the topic was going to be all of the activities that we executed over the last seven to 10 days. Yeah. And, and it should be about the race and about the race. Yeah. So, um, uh, we, I believe it was May 25th was the date. We started all new social media accounts for Pratt Miller motorsports. And so we were basically all of the existing Pratt Miller corporate stuff is going to stay and is staying. Uh, but we had a lot of motorsports themed content that was being built off that channel. So we decided to create a separate channel just for racing. And we wanted to use the momentum of Lamar yep. as the buildup to help get, get people to come populate those channels, which I think it worked pretty well. Worked really well. Yeah. Um, so um, we had our WEC team in Lamar racing the race we had one bullet in the chamber yeah which Um, is the first time i think we've ever only brought one car yeah and bringing one car to pretty much anything where you know there's going to be a lot of multiple cars on single teams is probably not the best strategy but that's what we had to work with. that's what we had yep and uh, when you look at the 21 cars in our class uh it was it was a Corvette. It was like three Aston Martins, and then everything else was either a Porsche or a Ferrari. Yep. And Porsche at Le Mans, uh, their history is thick there with a lot of wins. They yep. started racing. Um, geez, so I think they're almost 80 years they've been racing at Le Mans. Oh, wow. So they have a lot of just inherent knowledge about racing there, what it takes to win, endurance racing, all that stuff. Yep. And, and we show up with an extremely strong team but one car. Yeah. Well— Let's be honest here. We've raced there for 23 years in a row. We know what we're doing there too. Right. So, um, and so, okay, so we maybe tell two stories kind of at the same time here because they happened at the same time. Okay. So um, we have this, all the social media lead up to the race to help populate our channels. And the one lead thing that we were promoting outside of the team was this alternative broadcast uh, that we were going to execute through streaming. Yep. And so this was an idea that we talked about earlier in the year. Um, we said, let's just do it. We have all the stuff to do it, so we're going to do it. Yep. And um, so we built a studio here in our office in Huntersville 
uh, we arranged the monitors and TVs and volumes in a way where we would not get in trouble from um, uh, rebroadcasting or retransmitting anything that we didn't own. Yep. And we promoted it. And we, uh, and again, I, I think I've said this on this podcast before, shout out to StreamYard. This is something that you found that is a streaming platform where you have a single source where your stream originates from, and then you can plug it into basically any social media platform. Yeah. And it is really seamless and really easy to use. Yes. And, well, we'll get into it, but we, we found the limits of, of some of <laughs> That's uh, right. the tools we, we yep. were using, which, are, which I'm not surprised. I don't yep. think many people are doing 24-hour streams. <laughs> right. So, but anyways, we can get into that. Yeah, bit. so uh, we had uh, 11 guests that we scheduled to hop on the stream all throughout the 24-hour period. Uh, Luke and I uh, jumped in here uh, on the morning of Saturday and got everything on and lit and fired up and caffeinated, and we were going to go. And we didn't talk too much about an eating plan, a sleeping plan, a anything plan. Nope. We just kind of went with it. Yeah, we both showed up with a bag of snacks, at <laughs> <Yeah>. least. <laughs> so that, um, was, that was about it. Yeah, so the race started, obviously, right on time, and we fired up, and we were going. And I think, you know, we didn't really know much, but I think that was okay. It was, everything was a learning experience for doing it the first time, or somewhat the first time. Well, again, I think what's so cool about like, you know, an alternative broadcast is, you know, having that kind of grassroots feel is part of the fun. Yeah. Right. Yep. And we were totally that. Yeah. Right. And we instructed people to turn. So uh, Motor Trend, I think, was the sole broadcaster of the race here in the United States. Yeah. I believe they were. Yep. So we instructed people to turn that on their primary screen and then open us up on a second screen, a phone, a laptop, or um, tablet, and prop it up next to your, on your lap or wherever you're watching it, and then turn the primary volume down and turn us up. Yeah. That was kind of the the, the, the mode of how people were going yeah, to watch or, it with or us. Or mix, mix the two together. Yep. Yep. And so on Luke's side of the table, Luke had all of uh, timing and scoring. Basically, almost every data point coming uh, originating from our timing stand in France, Luke was had a mirror image of that. Yep. And then uh, the other thing is that he had a um, the app that we use anyway. We plugged in the cell phone to our audio here in the studio and we gave people the heads up every once in a while, but we were we were pinging, you were pinging Mark Marini, yep. who's on top of the box in France, yep. asking him questions during the race, right? Live, yep. And so that that is something that only we were able to offer, yep. And obviously, you know, that happens in now. Formula One does that has done that the last couple of years where they'll ping the the yeah, team boss, Gunther or Chris, yep. yeah, which is super cool. Yeah. Yep. So we we took that idea and applied it and with all of our own technology that we have and we made that happen. Yeah. And I think that was really cool. Oh yeah. Um, we had Nikki Katzberg. Um, he came out of the stint. I don't know. It was kind of the middle of the night and we got him uh, on the uh, laptop and headsets to interview him for a few minutes, right? As he came out of the car. Yeah, that was fun. Um, there was a few other people in France that we interviewed that were in the upstairs portion of the garage. So you can hear the cars driving by live, which added a really, really cool element to it. Yep. And then some other folks that we had, they were calling in from home here in the United States. Antonio Garcia, who's a current driver in the IMSA uh, Corvette, he called in. Um, so it was, we tried to keep it as lively as possible. Yep. Um, we also produced 
several uh, like three to five minute uh, video clips of employees of Pratt Miller and explaining their memories from law over yep. the past. Yep. Um, so that was really cool. Yeah, those are really good, and and people really really liked those. Yep. So, um, and we obviously engaged with the viewers, uh, you know, we were able to see the live chat right in front of us as it was happening. So it was, uh, at one point it was like question answer right off the bat. Yeah. Uh, we were pretty much answering everything that people were asking. Yeah. There's a great dialogue. That yeah. was really fun. There was a handful, handful of people that hung with us the entire time. Uh, it was more than a handful. <laughs> yeah. We had quite, quite a few that, that stayed up through the night mm-hmm. with us and, that was really that was really a lot of fun. Yep, help help kept, kept us going yep. for sure. Okay, so uh, talk about the race. Um, uh, up until the green flag, uh, it was almost uh, perfect for us. Although we had an incident, yeah, qualifying well, day, well, we got that fixed and we qualified on pole. So, uh, so do you want do you want to take it from there? Well, I think we should talk about. I mean, even leading up to that, there there were some incredible stories. Just getting getting two pole right um so i'm not sure how how close everyone followed along but the team for lamar shows up well over a week before the race Mm -hmm. um and there's just so much going on in that event so so first of all if you ever get a chance to go to lamar absolutely take it and if you go don't just show up for the race plan to be there a week in advance to take it all in um there's a big scrutineering event downtown um there's a driver parade there's a car parade they really do it up well um and this is one of the things that uh, doug feehan talked about was you know a lot of the uh folks you know in the town of lamont can't get to the race um so all the festivities around the town are really the center of their um, enjoyment of, of of the festivities, and you can tell. I mean, mm-hmm. it is a it is a party. It is downtown yep. is packed. There's just so much cool stuff going on. Yeah. So, but anyhow, um, on track stuff. So yeah. So you know, first of all, yeah, the guys get there very early. There's a test the Sunday uh, before uh, the week before the race um, that went all smooth. Um, then they tear the par- cars apart, um, on Monday, Tuesday, there's the pit stop challenge. Um, and then Wednesday, um, you're, you're back on track and Wednesday is qual day. Um, so the way Wednesday works is you have a practice in the morning. Um, and then you call, well, I guess it's not in the morning, earlier afternoon. Um, and then you qualify early evening, we'll say, um, so practice one, you know, everyone's pent up, everyone's excited. Uh, there were some yellow flags, um, some wrecks, things like that. Everything was going great for us until very, very late in that practice. Until it wasn't going great. Until it wasn't going great, <laughs> yeah. Um, we spun, um, and we hit the wall pretty darn hard in, mm-hmm. in Tetra Rouge mm-hmm. um, right at the end of practice. Now, keep in mind that practice ends and you have two hours until qualifying uh so the car hit the wall hard um obviously something was going to be damaged um and we needed to get that car back so we could work on it Mm -hmm. so luckily tetra rouge is fairly close to the pits but Mm -hmm. still you know this is eight and a half mile track so Mm -hmm. it's a ways away um so that you know kind of two hour clock 
turned into a 90-minute clock by the time the car actually showed up to the garage. Mm-hmm. Car gets to the garage, they inspect it, and it's in bad shape. Um, so the team goes to work. They go into hyperdrive. They do their thing. They replaced the front suspension, the rear suspension, the brakes, the fenders, the doors, the rocker, front wing, rear wing, uh, sorry, uh, front fascia, rear wing, all within like 90 minutes, two hours. <laughs> then you have, you know, once you tear a car apart like that, you got to do an alignment. So they had on the setup pad and everything. And then boom, qual starts, right? Mm-hmm. And it's like, holy cow, we're going to get this car on track. This is incredible. Mm-hmm. Like I didn't think that there was a chance. And yeah, I thought we were just going to use qualifying to make sure the car was rolling straight. <laughs> <laughs> right. Like, yeah. So qualifying uh, session starts, um, cars are still not done. You know, they're doing the alignment and checking everything over. Uh, clock starts ticking, qualifying's an hour long. Um, basically, you just go out there, you have the whole hour to lay down a fast lap. So, um, but what they do in qualifying is if there's a uh, red flag because of a wreck, um, they'll pause that one hour clock. Um, so one hour session could take an hour and a half you know, give it that there's 30 minutes of red flag. So anyhow, um, that helped. Um, we got the car out um, about halfway through. We Well, halfway, three quarters through, we'll call it. Um, we went out and did one run uh, to kind of shake the car down, pulled the car into the pits, checked it out, uh, made, a, made a few small adjustments, and we basically had one shot to make a run at mm-hmm. it. And in Qual at Le Mans, really the goal is to get in the top eight so you can make it to what's called a hyper pole, which is kind of like a second round of qualifying where you can go for the pole. So we go out there, and on our on our run, we laid down uh, the fastest lap of the session. Mm-hmm. And, and we, were, we streamed that, mm-hmm. um, seems like a year ago, <laughs> right? That's right? We were live streaming for that yeah. um, as kind of a test. We didn't really tell anyone we were going to do it on yeah. purpose because right. we were just doing another shakedown yeah. of everything. Um, but that, that went pretty well, too, by the way. Or, yeah. or anyways. Um, and, yeah, we laid down the fastest lap of the section. We're like, holy cow, look at this. Yeah. Um, and there was just a few minutes left, and then you know a couple of Ferraris snuck in, and, and, and I think we ended up third. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyways, made it to Hyperpole. Um, so what a story that was. Um, to great determination of the team, a great example of you know the teams never give up. Mm-hmm. Like we'll figure it out. And I still can't get over the fact that you know within 90 minutes, whatever, two hours, mm-hmm. it basically rebuilt the right side of the car. Yeah. I inc- absolutely incredible. All right, so um, am I going too slow or too no, fast? No, you're fine. Okay. So then, and then was it by rules on the hyperpole that so we have three drivers in the car, they're rated differently depending on experience yep. and whatever. Ben Keating is the least of the three in yep. terms of... The, he's got, he's, he's considered a bronze the bronze driver. driver. Right. Yeah, so for GT... LM, GT... We... GT. We had to... Yeah, let's, let's just refer to it as GT, please. Um, yeah, Ben Keating had to drive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, who's our bronze driver. Yeah, and, and we were saying it, and also other people were saying it, and also other uh, publications were saying that he's probably the best bronze driver there is yes. currently. Yep. And a shout-out to Ben Keating and shout-out to the old guys because he's 51. So Is he, he really that he, old? Wow. He is our age. That's amazing. <laughs> Good for him. Yeah. 
Anyways, uh, so Hyperpole, um, yeah, so we made a Hyperpole. So yeah, Hyperpole, you have to run your, uh, your bronze driver. You get two sets of tires, and there's no refueling. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is a 30-minute session. Yep. Um, so that one, uh, we went out, um, and there's a lot fewer cars, which is also kind of nice, right? Because it's just eight, yep. eight, eight for each uh, of the three classes. So anyhow, uh, we went out and uh, laid down the fastest lap on the, on the first sort of run, mm-hmm. um, which was awesome. Um, so then the discussion was, well, do we keep, do we keep running? Do we come in for tires? Um, and usually what you do is you do one run, you know, lay down a good time, come in, cool the car down, put new rubber on it and go, and go out for a second. Mm-hmm. Well, we just kind of, we were happy with that time. It was like, well, let's just, you know, do a cool, cool down lap on the car and, and, and do another run. And so anyways, we were kind of working through that. The clock was ticking down, um, a lot of our competitors came in and took fresh rubber um, and, and, and went out for another shot. Now, right when a lot of our competitors were about to uh, lay down their second attempt at a, at a fast lap, uh, the track went red. And this was pretty late into the session. So this was, we'll call it 20, I think it was like 20-something minutes in, right? Um, so they really kind of got hosed. Um, because they had committed to, you know, coming in, getting mm-hmm. new rubber, whatever, and that was their fast lap, and it got tossed. Mm-hmm. Um, so for us, it kind of fell into our lap in the sense that, well, heck, here we are. The, the, it's red flagged. Um, we're now low on fuel, which is good. means you have a lighter car, and we haven't taken our second set of tires. So mm-hmm. I said, well, well, what the heck, let's, let's come in, put fresh rubber on, and, and go for another one. Um, we did. And we went out there and we laid down a screamer. Um, We were like a second, one point, uh, at least one and a half seconds faster, I believe it was. Um, So the lap times roughly are three minutes and 50-ish seconds right in that range. So sub four minutes. Yeah. So laid down an absolute screamer um, and got pull. That was awesome. Um, By the way, we, well, I streamed that too. Yeah. I was so low. You you had some meetings you had to do. So I was like, well, I'll give it a shot. Why not? Um, and streamed it solo, and that that went pretty good. I mean, I was lonely. I missed you, um, um, but we made it, and we did it, and yeah. and yeah. So that was fun. And I and, definitely have a face for podcasting. And and, and boom, uh, pole position. So uh, awesome, awesome recovery, and yep. you know the team was just super excited and the you know the the ceremony they had for pole for each of the three classes was really cool yeah it was great um, they really put a lot of thought into what that visually looked like yep uh you know the hypercar class ferrari got on pole that was the first time they've been on pole in like a million years so people were were glad to see that uh and then you know we were leading the gt class um on pole and then they had the lmp2 car which i don't know who won their pole um but uh, coming up to the start finish line, they had this very staged deal to kind of showcase the each of the pole winners. They had fireworks. Yeah, it's gorgeous. Um, they kind of rolled of in and then slowed down and stopped on the start finish line. They had this really high end video camera on a robotic tripod, basically, that someone I'm sure was controlling somewhere else. And they were getting these really cool panning shots. 
So um, it was it was visually very pretty. Yeah, and uh, it, they they did a really good job on, on on pumping that up. And for qualifying, there was a ton of people. In the oh stands, my god, like a ton. Yes. So that that was really cool. Yeah. So yeah. So that was Thursday. Then there was a a night practice after that. Uh, thank God that was boring. And, um, and and just to showcase how crazy the schedule is and how much it doesn't make sense, you qualify and then there's another practice the same night. Yeah. So again, this is I've said it numerous times. This is one of the hardest races, if not the hardest race, to win. Yep. On asphalt. Yep. Well, and the other thing, so there's two night practices. Um, there's one on, I believe, yeah, there's one on Wednesday and one on Thursday, and um, you have to each of your drivers has to put down at least five green laps um, to get you know the certification or whatever to to race. Um, so, um, so we got, that's really how we use night practice. Like, mm-hmm. Hey, let's get our drivers in, you know, obviously we're working on the setup and, and stuff, but that, that was important. Those were drama free, like boring is a good thing. It means mm-hmm. it was drama free. Like right. you just want to get it over with no issue. Um, yeah. and it was, um, Friday, no cars on track. Um, they did do this sustainability press conference and award mm-hmm. by the way. So we won a, uh, an award, for um our efforts in sustainability um and that was basically you know making sure uh doing some changes on on how we ship our equipment so it uses as little uh carbon as possible mm-hmm. um so we showed a huge improvement over previous years and how we managed that uh so that was nice um then we get to race day saturday so uh race day starts with um a very well very early for us warm up um so they basically have i think it's a 30 minute session or maybe it's even less um they just go out and 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 shake the car down um i think it's 30 minutes yeah Uh, each driver did a few laps um or one lap really um and and all that was great and the car was good so and rain uh, which is not uncommon the morning of the start of the race was always kind of like uh, we think it's coming we don't know when it's going to hit I don't know if it's going to be a total rain out for the track or just portions of it so that was something that everyone was keeping an eye on uh, Saturday morning and uh, I forget when it did but it actually did rain a little bit here and there which actually causes more of a problem than in just the entire track being wet yep. because you have these huge, you, there were some areas on the front stretch at one point, it was dry and sunny. Yep. And then on the other side of the track, it was dark and raining yep. on the same lap. Yep. So that just adds in another uh, level of complexity to managing the track. Yep. Um, so why didn't you tell, um, we pretty much started the race two laps down. Do you want to take people through that scenario? Yeah. So, I mean, going into the race, the storylines were going to be, uh, there's a high, high probability of rain, um, going into it. Um, tire management is always a thing at Le Mans. Um, you have 15 sets of tires. Um, really you could probably use 24. Mm-hmm. So you have to be wise about when you double stint or triple stint tires, um, you know, to make sure you have enough tires. Um, and then the other big uh, storyline is there's a new safety car regulations. Oh, yeah. um, they brought in some rules um, 
that are work really quite well in IMSA. Mm-hmm. Um, and we'll kind of get into that here a bit later. But anyhow, um, yeah, so those were kind of the key things on our mind um, rolling into the race. Um, so, yeah, race starts. Um, we're on pole. Uh, awesome news. Um, there was a early safety car. Uh, we came in pit uh, for fuel, basically to get a, a bit of a fuel um, advantage on the competition under a, a free stop because of a safety car. But, but you lose position. Uh and yeah so we came out of that uh safety car uh running along and uh nikki was in the car i think at this point mm-hmm. um and calls in is like hey i think something's broken in the right front um so we're like oh crap okay well um so yeah it was 140 one hour and 40 minutes into the race uh nikki comes in um front suspension uh was was broken um, so the team was able to uh, very, very quickly um, jump on top of that and replace the broken components. Um, it took nine minutes, which is incredible. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it was a green green track. Yep. Um, so that's two laps. So here we are, you know, less than two hours into the race, mm-hmm. two laps down. Um, and at that point, you know, it was like, man, this is going to be a long day yeah and if you're down laps pretty much anywhere else it's not the greatest but you're probably you can probably get them back without too much headache being even one lap down at Le Mans, usually that's the end of your day yeah uh, because the track is so damn long and it takes so much time and strategy to catch back up yeah uh, plus you got to maybe hope for you know a good full course or you know yellow sector to slow people down yeah you're 17 miles right that's <laughs> right. 17 miles behind your yeah. competition yeah. that's so, yeah so to get that think back about that uh, yeah. so i think the the good part about it is is that this failure happened so early in the race yes i think that was our biggest saving grace is we had plenty of time to make it up yes or at least try and make it up yeah so there we are you know not far into the race. Um, I don't think many people at Pratt Miller uh, were too concerned, honestly. Yep. You know, this is Pratt Miller through and through, yep. like bring on the adversity, we'll we'll figure it out. Right. So right. here we are, let's get to work, right? That's kind of the attitude. It's like, all right, now we got a race. Um, so uh, yeah, so, so there we are, let's call it two hours in, uh, we get going. And the next big thing was uh, these pop-ups start hitting. Mm -hmm. And oh my gosh. So this was something else. So again, this track is eight and a half miles uh, long. So you basically have like (laughs) different temperate zones (laughs) around the racetrack. And these little pop-ups were hitting, you know, very isolated on different spots of the track. Some parts would be completely dry. Some would be wet. It was crazy. Um, so it makes this very difficult from a, a racing perspective is, you know, uh, a wet tire is meant to run on a wet road. You run a wet tire on a dry road, it, it disintegrates, right. it comes apart, it, yeah. it, it can't handle it. So because there's only these very, very isolated areas of wet track, you could not put wet tires on. You had to keep your slicks on and go through these wet zones and survive. Yep. Um, and, and what a mess that started making. Um, 
cars so, so one thing like i don't think people knew where the wet spots were so they're just coming along yeah uh, full gas and all of a sudden, boom, it's like ice, right? Yep. And there's cars spinning out and crashing and what have you. And by the way, um, you know, this was it the highest or almost the highest in terms of attrition, Lamont ever? There was uh, 12 cars in our class alone that did not finish. Yeah. Yep. Wow. So, so anyways, huge attrition, right? A lot of it was caused by these uh, pop-ups. Mm-hmm. So anyhow, cars are spinning out everywhere on these, on these uh, wet spots. Uh, what sections of the track? Um, I think our guys did a great job keeping, uh, at the time, is uh, well, all the drivers. I think this time maybe Ben was in the car, um, or, uh, up to speed on, on where the wet spots were and what was going on. Um, and we did not get into any trouble, which is a win in itself, mm-hmm. really. Uh, but anyhow, so, you know, through all that, you know, some people wet, some people's dry, some people whatever intermediates non-stop tire drama and and and, and wet drama and, and no surprise through all that there uh there was another safety car um so here we are okay good we get our safety car this is a way we can get our our lap back awesome um so this new rule in Lama for safety car for this year is that um they have this sort of uh drop back uh, deal between uh, the pace cars and then they realign, reset the fields um, like they do in, in uh, IMSA. So in Le Mans, there are th- three pace cars that come out on a safety car. Or I guess I should call them safety cars, right? Mm-hmm. Three yep. safety cars that come out mm-hmm. um, at three different locations around the track. And you basically get collected wherever you are running. Um, then when uh, the pits are open to pit, uh, the rule is if you're pitting f- from a safety car, uh, you go into the pits and then they close the pits um, until the next safety car comes around and then you re-enter the track at, at, at the next safety car. Mm-hmm. Um, so because of that, there are ways where you can make up a lap quite easily. Um, it, and that's because um, you know, after all the pit stops are done, they reset the field, they reset um, the three classes, and they want everyone lined up in their running order. Um, so if you are, you know, ahead of your class leader on track, uh, you'll get a pass around where you're able to drive around from, the, you know, being in front of your class leader around to being behind them. Um, and that's how you get your lap back. Um, so, so basically what they did is the leader, uh, pit, um, behind a safety car and, um, you know, they're supposed to keep the pit closed until the next safety car came. They did not. They let all these cars out, but behind the same safety car that they started. And because of that, they didn't, uh, end up behind uh, us, so we couldn't get the wave around. Mm. Um, so we weren't the only ones in this boat. There were other cars in this boat, and uh, you know, everyone was hammering race control, like, "Hey, this you're not following your own rules, yada yada yada." Mm. You, you know, how can we, we need to fix this? And I, they were internally debating it for sure because this um, this safety car lasted forever. It was over an hour. 
And there there was two safety cars that lasted about an hour-ish, roughly? Yes. So there was three safety cars total, I believe, um, during the race. And, yeah, this one did, and, and so did the next. But anyhow, so eventually they did not end they did not end up correcting this scenario. Mm-hmm. So we did not get our lap back, yep. uh, which stunk, right? Yep. So we were two laps down. So anyhow, uh, fast forward, uh, you know, that led into nighttime. Yep. You know, it was already pretty much nighttime. And and not to totally poop on the safety car process, but the reason, one of the reasons why they took so long is that the damage that they were repairing that caused the safety car was safety equipment either tire stacks or the actually or the actual wall itself got knocked out of place the wall came apart yeah. so they had to have heavy machinery on the track they they had people with skill sauce cutting stuff they had welders so they were they were not doing basic repairs right so that added to it yeah plus the length of the track plus this new process that they have it just it it turned into a a really long time of cars going around at 60 miles an hour yeah the whole pass around and then the drop backs and uh, yeah that took forever yeah but anyhow yeah so we got racing um you know go through the night um and eventually you know because of all this rain whatever there there ended up finally being another uh safety car um and in this one we're like oh boy okay well it looks like again we can get our lap back um and at this at this time they did the exact same thing mm-hmm. um they they kind of screwed up the release of these cars and the crew is livid like they're like what the heck is going on here i can't believe this um but at least this time um they realized their mistake and had a solution to fix it which was you know have have that leader car pull into the pits stop and wait and until everyone comes by and then and then let them out again um, which they did and then we got our uh pass pass around and we got our lap back woohoo um so yeah now we were one lap down Mm -hmm. so we're like sweet okay well now we just need another safety car Mm -hmm. um Spoiler alert, there was not another safety car. <laughs> yeah. uh, and, and that's we'll, never a good strategy <laughs> is just to hope a, a yellow comes out in yeah. some way, shape, or form. <laughs> um, anyhow, so one lap down, uh, I mean, we still had, at this point, I don't know, 16 hours to go. I can't even. Yeah, it's it's a, a blur. Co- it's a complete blur. We had, a, <laughs> we had a long way to go. Um, but you're doing a phenomenal job. <laughs> yeah. So anyhow, um, no, race went on through the night and and you know into the early morning, um, and we just just grind like grind we're mm-hmm. grinding just grinding it out running as fast as we could, laying down great times. And, you know, Brad and I were in here just watching, you know, watching the data and we continuously just saw the gap drop and drop. Every time we put a driver in the car, it didn't matter who it was, they were laying down qualifying laps. And they just, it, it's like chopping a big tree with a dull axe. It's going to take you a while, but, but <laughs> yeah. eventually that thing's going to fall down. And that's exactly what it was, except our axe wasn't dull. But again, just with this eight and a half mile track, yeah. it, it just takes a long time. Yeah, you're right. So, you know, it's just a little out of time, a little here, a little there. Yeah. And basically by the time morning rolls around, you know, we weren't that far off the leader. Yeah. Um, we were, 
whatever, uh, almost, almost back on the lead lap. Yep. Um, and the way we got back on the lead lap is just, you know, pure pace. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyhow, so, so, you know, sun comes up in the morning and here we are. It's like, holy cow, we're, we're back on the lead lap. We're, you know, still huge gap, you know, time-wise. Mm-hmm. We were barely on a lead lap, we'll call it, um, and had a, still a lot of work to do. But, again, these guys kept swinging that axe, mm-hmm. chopping away. Um, and by about 17 hours, 18 hours into the race, you know, we were third, fourth-ish. Yep. And, and the leaders were up the road yep. like a minute, Yeah. right? And um, at that point, we were getting close to – you know, uh, you know, just really needing uh, Nico in the car and Nikki. Uh, we were just finishing up with with Ben getting his six hours of drive time in. He did an incredible job. Took such good care of the car. Laid down as good or better laps than yep. all, all the bronze drivers and even into the silver drivers. So hats off to Ben. Incredible work. Um, and then Nico gets in the car and just lights it up, mm-hmm. like lights it up. Mm-hmm. Started laying down just as insane laps. Um, and, you know, what seemed like may have not been a, a, a gap we could have closed was closed up in a hurry. Mm-hmm. Um, and we were uh, worked our way up to first um, with, gosh, three three hours to go. Yeah. We were, it was the was it the Iron Dames and the Porsche was like the last one that we needed to pass. Yeah, they were holding on for quite a while. They were. Yep, they were doing a great job. But again, having that um, situation with the suspension happen when it did was was the silver lining to this because it gave us plenty of runway to try and, and knock this off. Yeah. So so Nico did an insanely good job. Uh, oh yeah, and by the way, as we were. Clara and our way through the fuel, uh, the, the, the field, we were doing it using less fuel than anyone else. Mm-hmm. And we ended up with a two lap advantage on, on fuel. Mm-hmm. Um, so when it came down, you know, when, when, so then finally Nikki got in the car, Nikki was going to run a triple stint to finish this thing out, which is also crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, after, you know, already racing, whatever, how many hours up to that point, um, he got in um, and, you know, again, laid down some lap. I think we built a gap up to uh, 90, 95 seconds, something like that. And from there on in, it was just managing that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you could just tell everyone was uh, just like, let's take care of the car. Let's make sure we're going to fuel. Like, we'll put fresh tires on every stop because we have them. Like, mm-hmm. we're not leaving anything per chance yeah um and holy cow we freaking won this thing (laughs) we yeah that was that was a big deal so um and you know this has been something that that we have been talking about a lot at least since i started here and i'm sure it started well before i started here and and there are many balls in the air on the off-track piece of Corvette racing. Yep. And we started seeing it early on on social media, and it got a few of the comments got louder and louder. Um, there were some articles that were written, or pretty much one article that was written that came from Le Mans that had some GM people in it, actually really just one GM person. And um, it's, I, I, think, I think at a minimum it's causing a lot of confusion of, what's, of what 2024 and beyond is going to look like. Um, and we, and, and me, because I, I was 
watching a lot of this stuff. I just, I, I didn't engage because I, uh, I don't have all the answers. Yep. I have some of them, but I, I'm not, I don't want to go out with some. Yep. So we, I want to make sure that everything is buttoned up. But, but the one thing that I think we do need to let people know, and I think this might be the first time we say this publicly. So do you, do you want to tell people what this, this last weekend represented from Pratt Miller? Well, this this was, you know, publicly known the last time the C8R would race at Le Mans because yep. that that car is retiring end yep. of year. Um, this is also the end of the GT blah 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 LME AM right. class. Right. Um, so it's it it's kind of the end of the era, um, and you know as of right now there's not a plan for Pratt Miller to be entering a car at Le Mans in 2024. Yep. So this is the end of a 23 year run yep. uh, at racing at Le Mans. Yep. So it was a big deal for us as a company. It was a big deal for all the Corvette fans and community. Yep. Um, you know, very, you know, and, and all this, um, sort of chatter throughout the weekend just kind of raised the the tension or mm-hmm. I don't know if tensions the emotion yep. is the better word the emotion around around this uh, deal you know articles talking about that yeah this was the last race in it and, and it, it was in and how you can see it so yeah yeah so and then just to reiterate so what you just said about Pratt and Miller and Corvette and Le Mans that was that was aired out in a GM press release yep a week ago ish um and then and then the article that i think um came out in not the best time frame uh was from another gm person being interviewed by a third party Mm -hmm. and so um we at pratt miller wish that uh some news may have been better coordinated um but we're going to be making some news here pretty soon that i I think people will perk up to and 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 find solace in yeah kind of these a few unanswered questions yeah yeah so yeah we um we won the race uh it was again it was a big deal going with only one car um uh surprisingly i mean surprisingly for me i made it up throughout the whole time and i I did i almost nodded off a couple times on camera well let's talk about (laughs) yeah let's let's uh switch gears back to our adventure in 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 huntersville uh streaming this thing yeah so i think it it went okay uh so the one thing that luke alluded to earlier is that um you can stream live on facebook for eight hours straight and they kick you off (laughs) so you have to refire it up yeah so Um, we went through uh uh, three resets of Facebook, yeah. which actually even working through that was not that big a deal. Not that big of a deal. Um, our audio mixer held out. It didn't crap out. Uh, not We didn't have a power outage. Well, no, it did. Remember? Oh, it, I did that once. Yeah. So we lost audio at one point. Okay. We had to reset the oh, that's audio right. mixer. That's right, because I think it was getting too hot. Yeah. Um, all, all the technical side of getting guests on um, worked really well. Yep. Um, there's one, the first interview with Mark, we didn't have the mixer set right. So we missed, missed that, but we paraphrased it for him. But then the others did. Um, but yeah, the fact that we could 
you know, have guests call in and they had yeah. camera and audio and we had Doug Feehan call in from his home in Michigan and he was great. I mean, he talked for like 45 minutes about kind of the creation of Corvette racing. Cause he was one of two people that was responsible for creating it. Yeah. Uh, so really good detail there. Uh, he told us the story about Jake, which is the skull logo that is kind of synonymous with Corvette and Lamar. Yeah. That actually was created physically created by a Pratt Miller employee. And then after that kind of took a, a life of its own. Yeah. On. So, so we're going to, we can, we're going to carve out, uh, some really good content from yep. that 24 hours and, and put up some, right. some great stuff over the next month. Yep. There's probably I'm, a month worth of stuff. Yeah. I'm sure this is not a secret to any content creator out there, but when you stream for 24 hours, you have content for days <laughs> to uh, small bite-sized pieces, but yeah. we have a lot of really good stuff. Uh, Ron fellows, he called in. Oh, that was great. And you know, he's a legendary, Corvette uh, uh, factory pilot. Uh, he was one of the first, probably if not the first quote unquote road course ringer to get involved with yeah. NASCAR. That's kind of started that trend in the nineties. Um, and he, he explained he's still staying pretty busy with uh, his son's racing career, as well as all of the other uh, facilities that he's involved with yep. and the driving schools and all that stuff. So he sounds like he has a full plate and it was good to see him. He called in from Canada we had Matt Matt Carroll on twice. Twice, uh, super passionate. So Matt Carroll is is the CEO of Pratt Miller. Yeah, he is the most passionate fan you'll yeah. ever meet. He just loves the team. He yeah. loves Corvette. Um, he loves the culture of racing and and what it's done for um the company and just the passion just oozes out yeah. of him. And, and, and he said he's awesome. the biggest cheerleader. He is. He really is. <laughs> Um, D Doug Louth was yep. really good. Yeah, he's um, the chief technical officer of Pratt Miller, but he's spent a lot of time with Lamar on the box. But yeah, tw yeah, twenty one years. Yep. Uh, that's there's so much good stuff in that. Ben yep. Johnson was on twice. Brandon was on. Um, it, it was good. What was your What was your favorite interview? Um, I think Doug was the best uh, because he really gave so. Uh, I'm a I'm a big car guy. I appreciate racing, yeah. but I'm a bigger car guy. And I but I was never deep into the Corvette fan base until I started here. And as I've been getting deeper and deeper into it, I've I've seen and heard different pieces of stories about certain things. And it was good to get Doug to kind of set the record straight on how things happened. Yep. And uh, just from a pure historical standpoint, uh, it's great to have that on video. Yep. And, and we'll, yeah, we'll chop that up. Yeah. For sure. So it, it just provides a really good foundational point uh, for people to look back to, whether they work for this company or not, that, the, uh, you know, how things happened, how they started. Uh, I, I also really appreciate it. And he said it, he's, he's a people person. Yep. And, you know, I, it's, you know, if, if you have enough money, you can go buy anything that any race team has, but if you don't have the right people holding those parts and pieces, yep. it's just a pile of junk. Yep. So, um, he, he saw that he knew that, and that's what he wanted to do when he assembled this team. And that's why he grabbed Pratt and Miller to be the, the executional arm of yeah. Corvette racing. Yep. And and, you know, again, for, you know, 25 years, for as long as that relationship has happened, when people see Corvette racing, that's that's all Pratt & Miller. Yep. And when I say all Pratt & Miller, uh, over the wall, 
the guys holding the steering wheel, the engineers back at the shop, yeah. the, the, de- the designers designing the car. Yeah, the aerodynamicists. Um, I thought the other thing that was really interesting that he brought up is that the C5, there's a couple versions of the C5 where they worked with the designer of the Corvette road car, um, Doug Feehan's group and Pratt Miller's group, and they requested certain things to be built into the production car so then that in turn can help the race car because it needs to be one and the same. Yeah. It needs to be a homologated piece. Now, I think I think that was, wasn't that C5 going into C6? I, it's somewhere right around there, but yeah. it was like the... We were, by the way, this was like 11 o'clock. I don't know. <laughs> Doug Feehan came on pretty pretty late, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. and we needed him, honestly. Yeah. But like the pop-up headlights, you yeah. know, they yeah, knew that they were not going to use pop-up headlights anymore, so that helped aerodynamics. Um, I think that he said they, they laid the windshield back another degree or two um, to help with um, aerodynamics as well. So these little very small nuances that most people probably wouldn't even pick up on were done on purpose to help the race car go faster. Yeah, that's so cool. Yep. Yep. Um, yeah, it's uh, and then <laughs> so I shame on me. I didn't I didn't really have a win plan like because there's a part of me that's like that's that's kind of cocky. Let's yeah. just kind of play this thing out. That's and a then, tough one. So we were interviewing I think Ron Fellows or Doug one or the other, and because we were getting it was like two hours left, and I was like, shit, I think we're gonna win this thing. So um, I kind of revert back to, okay, what have I done in the past? And uh, we usually had a, a win image and a little blurb that goes out on social the second we cross the finish line. Yep. So uh, I think while you were talking with somebody, I was... I think it was Ron. Yeah, <laughs> I you was were... putting the image together. Yep. And it was, which turned out awesome. Eh, it looks I think okay. it looks great. But uh, it... Uh, when it comes to motorsports on social media, the number one performing thing always, always, always is a, is a, a win statement. And uh, so far in, in my lifetime here of six months, uh, and I think if you look back, that one post got the most legs because everyone wants to congratulate you. It got retweeted and reposted and reused. Yep. There is a Corvette racing fan page that has 61,000 people on it, and that image is now the headline banner within that page. There you go. See? <laughs> so, um, and that was something I made in about seven minutes on PowerPoint. <laughs> yeah, that was impressive. Like, I, I'd look over and I'd see you uh, hammer away on that thing. So I'd be like, okay, I guess I'm going to keep, I better keep going here. <laughs> Um, but yeah, we should, I mean, we should talk a bit more about like what our experience was doing this thing, right? Like not only did we do a, you know, alternative broadcast, but we did it for 24 hours. Yeah. Right. Well, technically was it almost 26 hours? Cause I think we, we started, um, so maybe 24, maybe a little over 25 hours. No, I think it 25. was, no, I think it was like 24, 30 something. Don't 30 forget seven. that 30 something though. That's what I'm yeah. trying to get at. No, like, it was over 24. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it, like you and I, yeah, we streamed yep. for 24 hours yep. and, and there were the only sort of breaks we really did is, uh, my, my, my beautiful, wonderful wife, Julie brought us five guys Cheeseburgers, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and I got locked out of the building cause I didn't have my card. Yeah. So, so I was standing outside of the building, hammer texting, hammer calling Brad yeah. and he's just probably carrying on. Oh yeah. Do, 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 do. And, um, finally he probably was like, where the hell is he? I'm hungry. And looked at your phone, you're like, oh, Luke's called like 20 times. Um, another thing we stumbled on that was totally shooting from the hip, and I think it was, I don't know, around 2 in the morning, 
was we had a digital car show. Oh, that was so cool. So well, uh, how'd you think of that? We well, so we had it was a pretty lively audience that we had on the yeah. chat. And so you know, what? Sorry, we what time was that? I think it was around two. It was definitely after midnight. It was not four, so it was it was in that window. Yeah, it's four o'clock. I almost fell asleep. So um, I was asking people, hey, what you know, what kind of cars does everyone drive? And so everyone's firing to a, off to a Corvette fan base. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> well, there's so many different variations. Yeah. Of it. Oh yeah, for sure. So I uh, I said, well, if you if you post on Twitter or post somewhere on social media and tag us, we'll we'll put them on our Pratt Miller Motorsports feed, and we'll tag it Le Mans 24, which was the the tag that was trending. Yeah. So between that, some people emailed me some pictures. I would post them right up. And so a lot of different varieties of Corvettes, a couple non-Corvettes. But yep. I think that was kind of cool. Oh, that was so fun. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, it was, um, I mean, it was kind of a blur. Um, I think around that time we were struggling a little bit because, yeah. you know, there wasn't a lot of track stuff happening at that point. Yeah. Um, I think that was one of the rougher spots. And then, yeah, in the early, early morning, um, that was kind of when it got a little slow. Um, now, we did do a good job mentally uh, tricking ourselves. Yes. So Yeah, light is a big key. Yeah, so what we did is we locked ourselves in, in our studio. Which has no windows. Um, and, you know, we're, we're going along, and it's like, hey, it's, was it six hours ahead in Six, yeah. Six hours ahead in France. So we're like, oh, wait, it's going to be light at, you know, 6 a.m., in france yeah um which is around midnight yeah well it is midnight our time it's like we just need to embrace this yeah this france time and, yeah so and we're gonna be okay yeah and, and visually we embrace did. it yeah so when it's and you know because it's summertime in europe the nighttime is actually pretty short yeah so as soon as it started to get dusk and then in the nighttime on television it was still you know super bright here yeah but we shut all the doors and focused on the television and mentally, at least for myself, I was like, oh, it's, it's nighttime. Yeah. And so I, we did our best to keep the door shut and keep the lights somewhat dim but not dark. And I think that really did a good job of helping us assimilate, at least mentally, I to think so. what time it was yeah, I think and, that, and what time it wasn't. <laughs> yeah, I think that was key. And then, yeah, I think we had like a low point right before 6 a.m. because we got – all hung up on Starbucks opening. That's right. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah, star, the Starbucks that's like 300 yards from here opens at 6 a.m. And man, we were countdown. <laughs> yeah, so around f- yeah around 5 a.m. We were like, oh, how much longer till yeah. the Starbucks? I open? was making notes on taking orders, of yeah. what the order was, and <laughs> when I was going to leave to go get it. Yeah. So yeah, Brad snuck out at, at six, walked up the hill, got us our Starbucks, um, and you know by that point, you know it was, it was adrenaline. Really, um, for the next four hours, for, oh, Jesus, it was four <laughs> hours. Um, but at that point, like that's when all these amazing things were happening. That we we were, yeah. you know, back on the lead lap. We had a sixty second gap. There was just it was just as, as exciting as hell. We had yeah. a bunch of, you know, not a surprise, a bunch of people, uh, more people joining and joining and joining as they woke up and. Yeah. Uh, we got a lot of opportunity to catch up uh, all, all the all the fans and viewers on where we were and what happened through the night and got everyone really pumped up. And then um, we got to about like the last hour and it was tense. 
Yeah. It was really tense, yeah. honestly. Like, like we were going to win this thing yeah. and just hoping and praying. And and just, the whole morning in Le Mans looked gorgeous. Yeah. Weather was, was not day. an issue. It was warm, probably not hot, hot, warm. Yeah. So it, it was just like, oh, shit, what's going to happen? Yeah. You know, is a meteor going to fall out of the sky or something? So right. it was just nice and boring and, and brought her home. Well, kind of. I mean, you know, we were we were kind of run low on fuel out of gas this is you know 23 hours into us being up Mm -hmm. uh i don't think i had ate enough so all of a sudden i got super jittery with with the caffeine oh really the caffeine hitting and here we are and just thinking through like god this is we're gonna win this thing (laughs) this is gonna be our 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 ninth lamont this is you know you know our quote-unquote last year like this is what's about to happen is super meaningful yeah. to yeah. our company, to all of us individually, to, to our fan base. And I, I was, I was a bit of a mess. Yeah. Um, and as the car crossed the finish line and we won it, I, I needed a moment. <laughs> well, so I, um, I asked you to call out the last few turns cause I wanted to hit send right as we crossed the finish yeah. line. Cause I am, I don't, I do not want to send anything out too early. And you were doing that, and I looked over, and I'm like, "Oh, I know right where he is." Because oh. I, I did the same thing when I was in Le Mans, yeah. and it's it's hard not to do that because yeah. the enormity of the event, and in the history of the event, and everything and everyone that has come out of that event or around that event, and now you're a part of it, yeah. And um, it that's a that's really not just not a lot of people that get to experience that. No, no, it was period. I was I was overwhelmed. I was completely yeah. overwhelmed. Um, you know, the, you know, going through, you know, exhaustion from, you know, broadcast or uh, doing our bo- <laughs> our broadcast for 24 hours and strung out on caffeine, every, everything <laughs> we've got going on, um, you know, with our company and, and what we're trying to do in our future, um, you know, I all kind of culminating yep. with this monumental win that yep. means so much to, you know, the, nearly 400 people at Pratt and Miller and, and all the people at General Motors and all the fans. And it was just, it was just so, so special. Yeah. And it was all caught on camera. Oh. <laughs> I did think it was funny because you put your head in your hands and you inhaled and you snorted a bit because your hands were pushing your nose <laughs> against your face. <laughs> oh. I, I, and as I didn't know what to do, uh, as we were leading up to that moment, it's like, I, I'm not going to be able to hold it together. Um, yeah. I don't know, whatever. Yes. It, it, I was feverishly posting on social media that, that win image. Cause I think like getting that timestamp right, right on the nose is. Oh, for sure. Weirdly like critical yeah. for me. Um, and then after that, it was like, cause I, I didn't want to fantasize too much about going home and going to sleep. Because like I wanted to make sure we shut everything down, we don't leave lights on, catch a place on fire. Yeah, and I was like, I gotta go. <laughs> yeah. So sh- are we gonna touch on uh, some of our stats from? Yeah. So um, so I don't have anything in front of me, but I, I just, uh, I've got them. I just wrote them. So we had uh, a total viewership of well over seven thousand people. Yep. Uh, our number one out of all the platforms that we streamed through, our number one was YouTube. Yep. And I think the biggest win out of there is our largest a- age demo population. Well, so, YouTube, so YouTube and Facebook are actually pretty much neck and neck. Yep. yep. 
And the audience on YouTube delivered the youngest audience of 18 to 24 was yep. the number one age category. Yeah, that's amazing. That's su- such so good news. Which such for me, yep. being involved in sales and marketing in motorsports, that data point right there is massive. Yeah, it's fantastic. Because most everything in racing is the opposite. Yeah. And so for us to find and stumble upon that stat... Uh, which it makes sense though. It's on a platform where young people are, yep. and we're talking about sexy cars. Yep, yep. it's kind of hard to screw up. Yeah, and there's sexy guys, sexy guys talking about totally. it. Totally. <laughs> <laughs> and like then, I, like I said, I have a face for podcasting. Yeah. So, so the the other cool uh, stat is I thought we had incredible engagement from uh, the the watchers. Um, we had sixteen hundred and forty five comments. Well, wow. total, and I, I and then we had uh, every, every one of those I answered. <laughs> I <laughs> I liked close. I liked most of them. Oh that, no, it was it was a great. Yeah. I, that's one of honestly probably one of my favorite things about doing it was the engagement we yeah. had, and that was really really fun. I really really enjoyed that. Yeah, and again another main motivation point for us doing this is there's 62 cars on the track. Um, it is largely a European-based film crew. Yep. And um, there's 21 cars in our class alone. Yep. And it's an eight-mile course where people get spread out. And the chances of getting on TV are, eh. Yeah. So we wanted to do this to shine a light on exactly everything that we were doing at any given moment. Yep. And so that was, that came home in spades with the feed, the type of feedback we were getting. It was, yep. And, um and so that that was a big win. But so what I was leading to is that combined total watch time was just short of 1,200 hours. Yep. And when you look at uh, reports after cup races or IndyCar races, and your logos are measured in minutes on 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 screen. Yep. You know there might be a rare case someone gets over an hour. Yep. But um, we had a dedicated hard cam with logos on it that never moved. Yeah. Uh, we had the ability to program the entire thing. Yep. And we had a combined uh, view, video view of 1,200 hours. Yep. So that's that's a stat that so I... So some poor people had to stare at us <laughs> for a really long time. <laughs> But no, it's funny, you know, some people were hitting us up about merch. They want some Pratt Miller merch. There was more than a few people asking about the merch. Yeah, they want some they want some merch, which is so cool. <laughs> yeah. No, um, yeah, complete success from from my point of view because again, being, you know, a race fan, um, you know, being able to follow along what's happening with the Corvette, what are the details of their race. TV does not deliver. No one delivers. We delivered it, yep. and and like you said, the comments basically said that, like, yep. you know, wow, this is exact. Like, I know yep. exactly what's happening. This is so good. You know, when are you doing? You have to do this again. This is so amazing. Thank you yep. so much. Blah blah blah. That yep. that that and, meant a lot. You know, doing our homework ahead of time. Um, there's several, probably eight to 10 people on Twitch that are doing the same thing, but they're independent kids Mm -hmm. and they are doing it around formula one. Yep. And there is another streamer that, um, she got a gig to do something through NASCAR. So she's making, it looks like she's making a living at doing it and she'll show up on different streams as well as doing her own stream. Um, she does mostly formula one and some sports car races. Um, but I'm almost positive. We were the first team, first team, 
to do it themselves yep. and to highlight our team. Yep. And so I think that's another big deal because just as important as it to win on the track is winning off the track and being first at anything um, with leading with technology, leading with communication, um, you know, getting the sponsor mentions involved never hurts. So um, I'm, I'm most proud of, of that outside of the competition. Yeah, I mean, the never before has a team provided this sort of insight and access to really what's happening on yep. the track, behind, behind the track. We were able to answer, um, explain exactly what, what we were doing um why we were doing it um as best we could with that fine line of you know giving away our strategy um so my mantra there is like man if 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 mark's willing to talk about it when he was on then yeah then we were we're good yeah uh and it's and and i think we did and i think people loved that access Mm -hmm. they they loved those insights um i think we educated a lot of people on just how complex um the strategy is around these races and yep. and all that's involved in actually executing them it's not just luck it's it's yep. being very tactic tactical tactic tactical tactical yeah. yes about when you pit and um you know everything um and 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 they just ate it up yep. they loved it yeah so um i mean i'm still tired uh, although i i came in yesterday and I put in at least a half day, and but I went home and I was out. out. Yeah. I, when I went to sleep, I don't remember moving. I don't yeah. even remember opening my eyes. <laughs> I'm still kind of tired now. But um, and then so you're going to Michigan. I'm going to Wisconsin the end of this week. So um, I think this coming weekend will be nice to get home and not do anything. Yep. <laughs> but uh, but Fa- then Father's Day weekend. Oh yeah, that's right. And then uh, the weekend after that. Um, so this will be another uh, news break here on this podcast. So we are going to uh, do the same thing, the live feed, um, with the six hours at the Glen uh, for the IMSA race. And so six hours is going to seem like 60 minutes. <laughs> yeah, really well. Uh, but we've already kind of uh, – we had a, um, a little mini SWOT analysis this morning on we a did. debrief yeah. on what we need to do more of and less of and make better. Yeah. Um, we walked through the office again to maybe find a different location that's a little bit more formal. Yeah. Um, so we're going to try and make these things better and tweak on them every time that we go live. Yep. And um, we really appreciate everyone's feedback because we are listening and watching. Um, oh yeah, for sure, every single one of you. <laughs> we really are. No, no, thank you, everyone who who provided feedback and and, and joined in and participated. Yeah, um, yeah, we are absolutely listening. We are absolutely committed to making this the best fan experience we possibly can for yeah. you. I have no doubt that you're going to see more of these in motorsports. It's absolutely going to happen. Uh, but we want to continue to stay ahead of this curve of, um, yep. of innovation and using the, the technology at our fingertips in, in a way that uh, spreads to the masses. Yep. All right. Have a good rest of the week, everybody. Yeah, thanks for listening. Yep. Have a good day. Bye-bye. All right, bye.